Today from the Global Lane, the dictator topping this year's list as the worst persecutor of Christians. The regime will take three generations of one family and stick them in prison for life. And these are prison camps that are designed to slowly kill off people. Most expensive Thanksgiving meal ever. Will Biden's infrastructure deal slow skyrocketing inflation? The truth is it's not fully paid for. And as a result, it will turn out to be inflationary. Coming soon to the University of North Dakota, gender-neutral dormitories. If a male identifies as a female, he could essentially be assigned a female roommate. And transgender indoctrination. The princess who came to your ball tonight was me. And FBI terrorism tools used against parents. And it's all right here on The Global Lane. Where do Christians suffer the worst persecution in the world? China, Iran, Somalia? International Christian Concern has just unveiled its 2021 report on the top persecutors of the year. ICC lists three top persecutors this year, the worst country, worst group of persecutors, and the worst individual persecuting Christians. Well, joining us to discuss this year's list and to explain about what's happening around the world is ICC President Jeff King. Jeff, it's good to talk with you again. So let's get right into it. The worst country persecuting Christians this year. Surprise, it's not North Korea. Which country is it and why? Well, yeah, you know, Kim Jong-un, North Korea, it's always going to be a top performer, right? Uh, but what we looked at was like how many Christians are, are being killed presently? Uh, is it a, a problem that's, that's not addressed? We chose Nigeria. It's a surprise for a lot of people. But Gary, in the last 20 years, 70, 100,000 Christians have been killed. Three million plus Christians have had their lands, farms, homes stolen from them. And the government is part of the problem. So we chose, we chose Nigeria. Well, I know a lot of people say Nigeria, you know, that's just uh, Fulani herdsmen and so forth. But it goes well beyond that. Tell us a little more. Well, this is the problem. You know, we work in Washington, D.C., and we're working with the government. And so that's the line that comes from the Nigerian government. They want to frame this as a conflict between farmers and herders. It's not a conflict. It's a one-sided war. It's a genocide against Christians. Uh, there's Boko Haram also, but the Fulanis have done much more damage. Uh, the Fulanis are going in. These are armed groups that go in and shoot up Christian villages and take their land. And, uh, and what's going on is it's, it's a war that never ends, is never addressed. The, the Nigerian military never goes after the attackers. There's no arrests, there's no battles, there's nothing. And the reason is that, look, Muslims are in control of the police, uh, the army, and the intel agency. So the whole security apparatus of Nigeria is controlled uh, by, by the Muslims. And so the fix is in is the phrase. It's like it never gets fixed. It's never addressed. Nothing ever happens. Okay, just, Jeff, just let, let's move on then and discuss the worst group persecuting Christians this year. It's not Boko Haram or Al-Shabaab. Who is it? What are they doing? Well, it's the Taliban. And Gary, you know, look, the Taliban has been, you know, torturing, murdering Christians for years. The problem is that now they are in control of a state and they have a potent uh, intel security apparatus set up by us, but now they're in control of it. Uh, they're, they're calling Christian leaders. We know you. We're watching you. We're going to come get you. They're going door to door. And unfortunately, just this past two weeks, they grabbed the first Christian. And what happens is they'll, they'll torture him. They'll find out uh, who the other Christians are he knows. And then if he won't turn back to Islam, they'll kill him. And there's going to be a whole bunch of that. Well, a lot to pray about on that. Now, the worst government leader or person persecuting Christians 
It's not Canada's Justin Trudeau for shutting down churches and arresting pastors during the COVID pandemic. So which government leader did you list as the top persecutor targeting Christians and why? Well, you already nailed it. It's North Korea and it's Kim Jong-un. So uh, either the country or he are going to show up in the top list. But look, the whole North Korean state exists to serve him and to keep him in power and the Kims in power. So we chose him as the, as the individual doing uh, the worst uh, job against Christians, doing the most persecution against Christians. I think people know it, but look, if a Christian is caught with a Bible, if they're a real Christian, the, the regime will take three generations of one family and stick them in prison for life. And these are prison camps that are designed to slowly kill off people. And of course, we know that you have to worship the leader there. Juche is their, their faith, and uh, that's worship uh, of their leadership. I, I know there are many other countries of concern, especially, let's say, India. Uh, where attacks against Christians are on the rise. Tell us what's happening there, Jeff. Well, India is especially disturbing, Gary, because India has a constitution that guarantees religious freedom. Uh, and they've had a, they have a tremendous track record, but what's happened is you have some uh, hyper-nationalists, some uh, fundamentalist Hindus that have gained control. The, the prime minister, uh, Prime Minister Modi, is a radical Hindu. His party, the BJP, these are radical Hindus. They believe quite fervently that India is only for Hindus, and in India and Hinduism are fused, and there's no room for anybody else, and they're doing everything they can to slowly strangle Christianity. You won't hear it from his lips. He's a smart politician. Listen to the BJP leaders. Listen to his leaders in the party. You'll hear it quite clearly. They're not shy about it. And Jeff, I, I know China and Pakistan, those are always places of concern. And you've been to many of these countries. You've met with many persecuted believers around the world. Which country really is driving you to your knees in prayer right now? Uh, maybe what one should we keep our eyes on? Well, I, I pray for Nigeria constantly. We, we do a lot of work with the victims there. The three million plus that have already lost everything, their homes have been stolen. Uh, 70 to 100,000 killed. The government is part of the problem, because just like you said, the, the government says this is just hers and, and, and farmers. It's a conflict. It's nothing but, and they are complicit in the attacks on Christians. Okay, I know that you're hoping this report will put more pressure on these governments to affect change. Jeff King, president of International Christian Concern. Thank you, Jeff, for sharing your time and insights. We appreciate you and the work you're doing. Love you guys and what you're doing, Gary. Thank you so much. God bless. If you're traveling over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house this Thanksgiving, or if you're staying home and preparing a meal, you and granny will need more cash in your wallet for purchasing Thanksgiving food items. According to The Balance, you'll be spending 21% more this Thanksgiving than you did in 2020. And here are some cost increases to note for feeding a gathering of about 10 people. Potatoes, up more than 8%. Turkey will cost you about 8% more this year, and ham a whopping 62.5% more. The cost of cranberries has also skyrocketed, up 28.5%. Pumpkin pie? Well, that's only jumped about one half of 1%, so I guess this Thanksgiving, perhaps Americans will purchase less turkey and ham, but eat more pumpkin pie. If you like it, it's not that bad, I guess. Why this huge jump in prices, though, making this one of the most expensive Thanksgivings ever? Well, joining us with more is Stockton University Professor of Finance, Dr. Michael Bussler. Dr. Bussler, it's always good to talk with you. So 
Why are supply chain shortages uh, happening right now? Are they to blame for this, or is there another reason for this year's costly Thanksgiving meal? Yeah, <clears throat> thanks for having me, Gary. As you know, it's my pleasure to be here. Um, it's not just caused by supply, uh, supply chain disruptions. There are other reasons why we're getting inflation, not just in the food we buy, but in virtually everything. So how bad is the problem? Uh, based on uh, last month's CPI number, from October 2020 to October 2021, one year, prices are up 6.2%. Uh, That's the highest inflation, 12-month inflation we've had in more than uh, 30 years. The Biden administration and the Federal Reserve both say this is due to supply chain disruptions. And as soon as the supply chain disruptions are resolved, prices will return to uh, normal. I don't agree with that. Uh, because there are four other reasons why we're seeing inflation, not just in food, but in virtually everything that, that we buy. Um, and even after the supply chain problems are resolved, unfortunately, those four problems are still going to be here. So what are they? <clears throat> Number one, the Biden administration uh, would like the country to use less fossil fuels. Um, by restricting the supply at a time when demand is growing, energy prices keep going up. And not only will we pay more for gasoline and oil, but uh, heating oil and natural gas, but also manufacturers will pay more um, for energy to produce their products. That'll drive uh, prices up, too. Even retailers will pay more because most of their goods are brought in by truck, and trucks will be paying higher uh, fuel costs. So number one is energy prices rising. Number two... For whatever reason, a large number of people who were laid off during the pandemic are not returning to work. There's over 3 million people uh, who have simply dropped out of the labor force and are not, are not going back to work. Um, in order to induce those people to come back to work, uh, businesses had to raise wages, mostly on lower income workers. Well, once the lower income workers get an increase in wages, then People who have been there a while say, hey, the new person is making almost as much as I am, so I want to raise, and you end up getting this uh, wage inflation. Once that happens, then labor costs go up for business, so they have to raise their prices 8 or 9%. And then the next year, labor wants even a larger increase, and you get into this wage price spiral, which is also driving up prices. Third reason, the federal government has deficit spent, that is, they spent more money than they took in, in the last two years, almost $6 trillion. On a $22 trillion annual economy, that will lead to pure inflation and, and an expansionary policy by the Federal Reserve. Those are driving uh, inflation up. Even when the supply chain is resolved, um, we're still going to have those things present, and I'm very nervous about what future inflation will look like. Okay, Dr. Bussler, the president expects the infrastructure bill that he signed into law Monday will ease inflation. Will new spending ease these alarming price increases? What do you think? No. If you deficit spend more, you create more demand in the economy, and that will lead to more, not less, inflation. Now, he says this won't add to the deficit. Um, and won't uh, add to deficit spending because it'll be fully paid for. But the, the truth is, it's not fully paid for. They're not going to be able to raise uh, taxes by the amount they want to increase in uh, spending, so it's not fully paid for. 
uh, and as a result, it will turn out to be inflationary. Finally, how will the year end for the economy? A better than average Christmas season? What do you expect for 2022? I expect this Christmas season, assuming there's enough supply, the retail uh, sales to be very strong throughout the rest of the year. Going into next year, I'm very nervous because I'm afraid inflation will remain high both in November and December. I think we'll end the year with about a 7% inflation rate, even higher than we have now. Uh, going into next year, eventually the Federal Reserve is going to have to do something to uh, address the inflation problem. And that something is to reduce that bond buying program and raise interest rates. But the longer they wait to do it, uh, the more drastic the, the action will become. My biggest fear for next year and going forward is we run into a problem where we have inflation, we have large uh, government budget deficits, we have a huge public debt, which we're going to have to address the first week in December of this year. If business can't get labor, because we have somewhat of a labor shortage, and they can't get capital, because there may be a capital shortage, they can't expand. So what you end up with is an inflationary economy that business can't expand and remain stagnant. That leads to a stagflation problem that we haven't seen since the late 1970s. That's my biggest fear going forward. Okay, here we go. Maybe a rough ride ahead. Dr. Michael Bussler, Professor of Finance at New Jersey's Stockton University. Thank you, Michael, for sharing your time and insights with us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Gary. It's my pleasure. Look forward to doing it again. Despite parental pushback following two recent sexual assaults in Loudoun County, Virginia high schools, some colleges and universities are moving beyond gender-neutral bathrooms and locker room policies. The University of North Dakota is now considering housing students based on their gender identity. We're here to set us straight on this as campus reforms Ophelia Jacobson. Ophelia, tell us what's going on at the University of North Dakota. Well, this is absolutely outrageous. The University of North Dakota is considering a policy change that would impose these gender inclusion mandates on nearly every facet of university life, including where students live. So essentially how this would work is housing would be determined on a, on a student's gender identity and expression. So if a male identifies as a female, he could essentially be assigned a female roommate. And look, dorms and bathrooms are supposed to be some of the most private spaces on a college campus. But unfortunately, with policies like this being considered at the University of North Dakota, that's soon going to change. Well, where else is this being considered or is it only at the University of North Dakota? Right now, the Leadership Institute's campus reform is tracking this policy at the University of North Dakota. But don't be don't be fooled. You know, this trend could essentially spread into other college campuses across the nation. We know that what's happened on one college campus can spread to other schools. And the Biden administration has already made its stance clear on these gender inclusion policies. So this is why parents and students really need to start speaking up at the University of North Dakota before it spreads to other schools. And what are students telling you? How are they reacting to policies like this? Well, frankly, students and females should be very upset because this puts women's safety second to advancing the leftist woke agenda that these these radical politicians and these radical university administrations are pushing. You know, we saw what happened in Virginia where a 14-year-old girl was raped in a school bathroom by a male who was wearing a skirt. So we know the type of danger that these policies can present. And parents shouldn't have to be concerned when they send their daughters to school in the morning, whether that's to an elementary or to a high school or even to a college and university. 
but these policies make parents concerned for their daughter's safety. I mean, these parents and students are paying thousands of dollars in tuition costs to feel confident that university officials are putting their students' safety first. But again, the policy at the University of North Dakota that they're, that they're considering does the exact opposite. Yeah, it's difficult enough uh, for a parent sending their child away and wondering about their safety. Uh, you know, whether this is going on or not, uh, campuses have become more dangerous. So after what happened in Loudoun County that you mentioned, also with the Republican election victory there in Virginia, uh, many people expected educational institutions would forego implementing these gender-inclusive identity policies and so forth. But it seems the opposite has happened, Ophelia. Why? Absolutely. I mean, again, it's this woke mob, the leftist agenda that's being pushed. And it's not just only in the bathrooms and in the dorms. We've also seen with sports, this attack on women in sports. The NCAA's policy on transgender student-athlete participation says that males who have undergone at least one calendar year of testosterone treatment, they're going to be allowed to participate in women's sports. So this type of policy coming from the NCAA, this policy that we're seeing at the University of North Dakota, it puts women at a severe disadvantage and at a, at a severe safety risk as well. It also makes me wonder, you know, where are the feminists on this issue? Why aren't they the ones speaking up? They should be the first ones to be against these policies because it's basically anti-women. And so because the feminists aren't speaking up, that's where parents and students need to come in. How about there where you're at, uh, University of Florida? How are things there? Same policies or different? Uh, luckily, that's, the policy hasn't been even considered at the University of Florida, which I'm super thankful for. But I can assure you that if it was being considered, I would be the first one to speak up against because this absolutely should not be happening on any college campus. It would put me and my friends at a severe risk when it comes to living in the dorm life and even using a bathroom on campus. Okay, we're glad you're there. Keeping an eye on it, Ophelia Jacobson, Campus Reform Reporter. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. The red wave that swept Virginia when voters went to the polls earlier this month was only the start of a public pushback against the leftist woke agenda in education. Two significant developments occurred this week in Loudoun County, Virginia, and in Washington. In Virginia, the Loudoun County School Board agreed to a permanent injunction prohibiting it from retaliating against a Leesburg Elementary School teacher. You may remember Tanner Cross. He's the Christian teacher who refused to address his students by their preferred pronouns. Cross told the board he loves his students and will never lie to them about biological sex. He said it's against his religion to affirm that a boy can be a girl or a girl a boy, and he explained to do so would be abusing a child and committing a sin against God. Folks, this is a huge victory for teachers and parents who object to school pronoun naming policies that only perpetuate childhood confusion about gender and biological sex. And it's not only public school educators who are advancing this agenda. Remember this past summer when Disney unveiled a transgender Gonzo, Gonzarella, in the Muppet Babies cartoon? Everyone, there's something I need to tell you. The princess who came to your ball tonight was me. I don't want you to be upset with me, but I don't want to do things just because that's the way they've always been done either. I want to be me. The problem is young children are not emotionally mature enough to be me, to know who they are or what they are. Folks, this is indoctrination, and it's just another example of the leftist woke agenda seizing our culture. Although Virginia voters rejected these ideas on Election Day, the woke crowd doesn't get it. Let me enlighten them.
You see, many Americans still believe that everything exists because of God, the Creator. And the Bible is His Word for us, a roadmap, our guide for life. In the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 27, we're told, God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. So despite how people feel about themselves, God created us humans as either male or female. No they, theirs, or them, just he, she, her, and him. When we take our eyes off the Creator, then we try to create ourselves as we feel we should be. We try to play God. But no matter how we may try, we cannot change our biological sex. Changing our words and calling someone a birth person rather than a mother doesn't change the scientific fact that only females can actually give birth. That's how God designed us. And those who defend that idea, Tanner Cross and others, should not face job loss or retaliation, discrimination, or persecution for standing by their convictions. This is America, and we the people are committed to religious freedom and free speech, no matter how much someone may disagree with our beliefs. Another significant development came in Washington this week. An FBI whistleblower has revealed that the Department of Justice is using counterterrorism tools to tag parents who threaten school board members. That revelation follows Attorney General Merrick Garland's testimony before Congress last October, denying that the DOJ was using counterterrorism tools to investigate parental speech. Garland also defended the memo he wrote, directing the FBI to investigate parental threats against school board members. I don't believe it's reasonable to read this memorandum as chilling anyone's rights. It's about threats of violence, and it expressly recognizes the constitutional right to, to make arguments about your children's education. But the FBI whistleblower's disclosure suggests otherwise. Folks, legitimate terrorist threats, yes. But we cannot allow our politicians, Democrats and Republicans, to use FBI agents to advance a political, anti-free speech agenda. Yes, more parents, citizens, and public officials need to stand up in defense of the U.S. Constitution. And let's remember that our gender and rights come from God, not government officials and educators. Well, that's it today from the Global Lane. Be sure to follow us on the CBN News and NRB channels, social media, and our broadcast affiliates. And until next time, be blessed.